0: eye
1: once
0: <laughs> <laughs> you had what i said i had it come out one eye once
1: is it okay if i set my coffee right here <laughs> no that's fine okay just <laughs> make sure. your eye
0: well your nose and your eye your sinus actually, cavity connect, is right? connected right there's yeah. a tube that goes to your eye and it it came out with so much force out of my nose i actually had milk come out my eye it was like oh. Oh, my left eye <laughs> of course my left eye is really neat because sometimes it squeaks <laughs> so like when i'm when I'm rubbing you my eye, it'll actually squeak. And when I was younger, I used to blow my nose and it would pressurize my sinus cavity because my sinuses are bad. And all of a sudden you'd hear this. Wow. Ee- wow. And it'd be the air leaking out of my eye, right? And people <laughs> across
2: the room going, like, what the? <laughs> um,
0: I'm just a holy
1: human.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, the behind the scenes secret of the show. <laughs> yeah. yep. All right, let's get this going. <laughs> Over and done. Okay, Oh. Okay. Okay, where's my... Where am I? Jeez. Oh, there it is. Okay. Ready, in three, two... Hi, this is David G. McAfee, and I took a left at the valley.
3: I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know. We don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. atheist. atheist.
2: Uh, coming at you from Secret Lair in Abbotsford, BC. This is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I have to join the Jehovah's Witnesses Protection Program, which means now I knock on doors pretending to be someone else.
3: <laughs>
2: joining me as usual. <laughs> joining me as usual is a team who will teach you that the early worm, uh, sorry, the early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> if you see her smile in the crisis, it means she found someone else to blame, Nancy.
4: Absolutely. <laughs> I like that one.
2: <laughs> that is kind of cute. <laughs> He'll tell you that if he, he agreed with you, you'd both be wrong, Scott. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always wrong. <laughs> and she was fired from a pet store because she kept braiding the snakes. Christina.
1: <laughs> I have what?
2: Kept braiding, braiding the snakes. The snakes.
1: Bra- oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep.
2: I'm
0: picturing it in my mind. It's so cool. Oh, I could braid them into my hair. <gasps>
1: Medusa. so
0: cool.
1: I like it.
2: A computer beat her at chess, but it was no match for her at kickboxing. <laughs>
1: Kirsten. Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> Guys, welcome back. Hope you had a good week.
1: I did. It was fantastic. Absolutely.
2: And, uh, of course, uh, we got to make, make a mention that it is uh, Memorial Day weekend, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or Remembrance Day, as we say it yeah. up here in Canada. Today, we'll be talking to um, Andrew Torres (laughs) about the Johnson Amendment, but uh, first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. Got lots to go through. Did you guys hear that apparently research says uh, life is uh, the inevitable consequences of physics? Yeah. Apparently, some MIT biophysics uh, professor, Jeremy England, published uh, the first papers testing the idea. Um, because of the second law of thermodynamics, the universe eventually will achieve a homeostasis, which is maximum entropy. And biology arises because of some of the environments. The energy balance and physics rearrange atoms to deal with the flow of energy. Computer simulations have shown life spontaneously arising, but it's still a hypothesis at this point.
1: That's so cool.
0: I, think, cool. I think it might be
2: true. I think so too. I think they're onto something there. So, does that mean that there's
1: the likelihood of um, other life in the galaxy and universe is high? Yes.
2: Absolutely. That's
0: absolutely.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. But of course, there's a difference between life in another part of the galaxy or another part of the universe and intelligent oh, life. That's totally, another thing. 100%. Well, well,
0: yeah. I mean, we might be talking about something
2: like a, an algae, right? Yeah. So, or you could have Ecarios. a species that's ahead of us, too, right? Yeah, or, since, yeah,
4: Since it's getting harder to find intelligent life on Earth, know <laughs> <laughs> we, need, ding, ding. we need all the help we can get.
2: <laughs> Did you guys hear that uh, Syria finally signed the Paris Accord? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes,
0: that makes yeah. the United States the last holdout, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yes, it it means
2: has. the United States is the only country that hasn't signed that accord. But
1: didn't you guys know that they're leaders of the free world?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> I don't know free why. I don't know why I keep getting surprised at all this. It's like I hear a new low from the administration or Trump himself, and I think, oh man, now we've hit rock bottom, and there doesn't seem to be a bottom. <laughs> there are just too many. Too many areas, oh you know, gosh. to tank, and he seems they seem to be hitting every single one of I, them. I just
1: realized a great analogy. Hillary Clinton tried to break, Hillary Clinton tried to break the glass ceiling, but Donald Trump just wanted to dig the floor out.
2: Like, <laughs> he's digging so deep, he's out to China now.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh, frick. Yep. <laughs> uh,
2: so apparently, some research suggests that atheism will defeat religion by twenty thirty eight. Now, uh, because of uh, atheism is uh, more prevalent in more uh, most affluent people, money and the edu- uh, people that have more money and people that are educated. As more and more countries are turning secular, um, well-to-do countries could see a drop of believers by half by twenty forty one. So they believe by twenty forty eight.
1: But is that just in developed countries? Because I'm assuming countries that are still well, even even the third
2: world are improving their lifestyle and their education. Yeah, but a
1: a lot of third world countries are getting more religious.
2: Yeah, of course. But you know, it's it's. I think I think I think they're onto something there, and I would also explain why you're seeing a resurgence in the religious and why they're doubling down and why they're trying so hard. They know they're on the way out. They know.
0: If only they could double down on helping people and making things better. That would
1: be useful.
2: Yeah. Um, did you guys hear about Danica Roma?
4: Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, no, no,
2: no. What? what? Yeah. Well, they had, they had some elections in the States. And it, oh,
4: my gosh. Okay, I know what
1: you're talking about now. And
2: she is the first <laughs> oh, Virginia yes. transgendered elected at the U.S. state house. Oh, wow. And it's so poetic oh. because she ousted the state's most conservative lawmaker, Robert Marshall, who's been there for 13 terms. And he's the guy who introduced the bathroom bills.
4: I know it was just just show she will fix
0: things she will <laughs>
1: well, and the really interesting thing is is she ran on a platform of actually like improving her constituents lives. Yes. It wasn't like, Oh look at me. I'm a transgender individual. I'm awesome. It's like, no, I'm me. Let's help you.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. She's 100%. great cuz she's she's been a journalist for a long time mm. and she was active. So that's that's part of her DNA at This so she point sees, is she sees she's also
0: seen yep. a lot though as you said she was a journalist, which yeah. means she's seen the world. She's seen a lot. So she doesn't have these really weird preconceptions about how things are supposed to work like this conservative...
4: Dude. Yeah, yeah, she's right? a good liberal. But it's yeah. amazing yeah. That,
2: it, that this happened in Virginia. That's yeah. what I'm at. I, uh, yeah. I'm,
0: I'm laughing. It's uh, great.
2: Marshall, it was- uh, her opponent, Marshall, uh, who's 73, uh, he he refused to debate her and respond to her with male pronouns.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't believe in karma, but that's the closest thing to making me believe in karma. Well,
4: he didn't have the he didn't have the metal equipment to debate her. <laughs> you know, it's They're a real. good thing yeah. he would he, yeah. he would have shown even more. More ignorance. There was another transgender person who um, won a local election. I think on one of the the city councils, but I can't can't remember exactly. It was in Pennsylvania. but some. I can't. I can't remember where. But there. It just you know a lot of minority people just. Really, by by good margins, yeah. just were swept into into office. The
2: times they are changing. Yeah.
4: let's hope. I mean, it, it, if this is a, a bellwether for 2018 in the states, mm-hmm.
2: there's some hope. Oh, absolutely. The um the best contender for the missing link, Ken Ham. Uh, was invited to a, uh, to become a keynote speaker for Alberta Homeschooling no. Convention. What? Yes, yes. Last year, the, these guys invited the duggers. Remember the Duggars? Wait,
1: what? Oh. Do they invite all the duggers?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was just the parents. Uh, this is happening next April in Red Deer. Uh, and Calvin does Smith, this hurt my head? <laughs> because we spoke a bit about this. Calvin Smith, who was also supposed to be heading to Creation Museum here in Canada, is also going to be there.
1: Wow So are Road trip. Are they yeah, yeah Totally I'd go <laughs> That would be so fun
2: Yeah I know someone that lives there Ooh there we go <laughs> where, where is it Red, Red deer. deer Red deer Let's go protest Let's
0: go <laughs> I know someone that lives there too
4: Yeah <sighs> Do you guys what, re- what time of year is it? April. April? There's a snow melted in yeah, no. red no. <laughs> <laughs> the roads. We'll you get through the roads. We'll go for my birthday.
2: <laughs> it's
0: a half and half. You don't know what you're going to get.
2: Yeah. yeah. You guys remember Roy Moore? Ha! Well, um, what an incredibly stupid question. I do. Yeah, he, that, oh, that clown that uh, was uh, judged that was twice held for contempt. And he's running for Senate, and he was, of course, accused of sexually harassing 14s while he was in his 30s. Yep. And this is the best part. The Alabama auditor, Jim Ziegler, defending Moore by saying, quote, Mary was a teen when she married Joseph.
0: Oh, good Lord. There's
2: nothing immoral or illegal. Oh my god! You know I should yeah. have kept this for another brilliant moment because it's just exactly that.
0: You could throw it in there.
2: I could. I, mean, I could all yeah. absolutely oh, throw it in there.
0: Blah. I mean this whole the,
4: this whole scenario with with Moore, who was thrown off the. The uh, mm-hmm. Alabama yeah. Supreme Court. And then he was thrown off the the, the other but, – but it wasn't a federal court. He was thrown well, off I twice. Think, I think it was a court of appeal. Twi- court, he was thrown off twice. Yeah. So then he runs, and Alabama at this point is probably the most obvious corrupt state in the United States. And now he comes along to add – the pedophilia, if, if it's true, as everybody – they always say if it's true, if yeah. the allegations are true. And it's like people in Alabama are going, oh, that's OK, but he's our Roy Moore and oh we gosh. love him. And, you know, if he, if he did it, he did it and it was so far in the past and he's made up for it. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the difference between a
2: conservative and a liberal. If, it was a, if he was a liberal candidate, he'd be in jail. Oh, sure. As a conservative, he's probably going to be elected.
4: Oh, you know? sure. Oh, <laughs> sure. With the Republicans, amazing. the morals are only when you're defaming the other party. Exactly. It has nothing to do with yours. Exactly. It's just despicable.
2: And, of course, we have to talk about the Texas church shooting.
4: This That's is 26 horrible.
2: dead. The first Baptist of Sutherland Spring. Uh, the killer is named Devin Kelly. He was a former airman with a history of violence, cruelty to animals, an escape from a mental health facility, and a gun obsession. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, he was shot by a passerby as well. Uh, the Air Force apparently forgot to pass on his records, which of mm-hmm. course didn't stop him from acquiring a gun. Otherwise he would have. And the big thing about it is, is apparently he was a, also a an atheist. Yeah. And of course the Christians are pouncing on that to say, "Oh, see, you got to stop those atheists."
1: Mm. Well, a lot of Christians are like, "Oh, well he did it because like he was wanting to kill religious people." And it's like, "Well, if you actually look at the facts surrounding it, he was he actually went and murdered these people cuz of I believe it was his mother-in-law. Yeah. And his um his spouse, he was abusive to his spouse and her child and he wanted just to
0: you mean he was a time. sick individual. Yeah. Who oh needed he to was. He away. was
4: totally yeah. you know, bonkers. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and
0: as a member of the atheist community, um, why didn't we put this sick individual away? Oh yeah, that's right, because we're stupid. Yep. Religious runs everything and we're stupid.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if the Christian—well, I'm—I'm being very discriminatory. I've got to think of how to be how to be very (laughs) neutral and and accepting while I'm saying this. But when you look at the number of serial killers and um, people who commit crimes overall, and you look at the number of atheists who are serving, and you look at the number of Christians and others, the atheists (laughs) are way way down. Yeah, it is. You know, it's an it's almost an aberration. You know, to have an atheist serial killer. With you know in in the pop in the population, so you know to suddenly say yep they're all bad. Yeah, no, this guy is was just, just a way was of saying was, oh thank goodness it's not one of our guys. This guy a was a
0: sick puppy. He was a bad apple. Yeah, and,
4: he is yeah. a bad apple.
2: Unfortunately, it gives more ammo to, to create those false means. Yeah. Oh yeah, but we can't look at any of the we
0: can't look on. at any of the religious people that go on no. you know haywire no. stunts, yeah, exactly, stunts. Exactly.
1: When that happens, it's too soon to talk about.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. And I guess we also have to talk that it is Remembrance Day uh, I, you know I, I as much as I, I, I love to respect our veteran soldiers and all that and I do have a rant later on to talk about this I am concerned about the level of religiosity that is still pervasive in Remembrance Day and if you go to one of the ceremonies it is so politely Christian and I think it's so, so unfair to a lot of our soldiers that are not Christian mm-hmm. you know I remember simply watching the ceremony, what was it last year, and you know and uh of all the soldiers that were represented on stage, you had a couple of them that were Sikh you yeah. know when the mm-hmm. turban's and, and you know and you you the, the whole crowd is singing hymns to you know, and the, there's a the, there's a Christian priest there and all that and I'm thinking the whole time says don't you people acknowledge that there's more than just christianity yeah,
0: yeah. The, the problem the problem is that it's a sacred it's, cow right well
2: <laughs> remember seeing so the sacred cow the fact that Christianity is put it their, Grips the the grips onto it makes it difficult for them to be dislodged. It's tradition, yeah, I know, and and
0: that's where the problem lies. It's it's in the tradition. They don't change the Remembrance Day ceremonies because there's a tradition to them, and that all stems from
2: 1918. Yeah, but it needs to be updated. It really does.
4: When you go, do you see a diverse crowd, or do you see mostly you know Canadian Anglo Christian looking?
2: No, no, I think I see a diverse crowd. I've seen, you know, I mean, yeah,
4: I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering sure. whether I mean, if there's a diverse crowd, some of them, those who are well, there, some of them do feel left out and as though they're not being, you know, represented in But in even the if
2: ceremony. it wasn't a diverse crowd, it would still not uh, justify, even if it was completely Anglo-Canadian-Caucasians, it's No, still, no,
4: I'm just asking for that No, for I, I, yeah, yeah. I understand,
2: I understand.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's, I think you got to look at it from the point of view. Like I said, it's it's... It's a ceremony <clears throat> or an observance that's been sh- shrouded with um, with that tradition. Mm-hmm. It's stuck in that tradition. And they, it's very, very difficult to get it out of that tradition due to how solemn it is. It's mm-hmm. something that is very um, – you almost don't want to change it because – it, it means so much to the people who've yeah, sacrificed. It
2: might be a bit of a backlash if we did decide to try to change it too, right? Yeah. I mean,
0: I agree with you. I, I agree with you 100%, but I do understand the other side of it too. And it's um, there's a tradition that goes on there.
2: Yeah, but you can't use tradition, right? Because people well, always do that to me. It's tradition. Well, you know, traditionally, women weren't supposed to vote either. So <laughs> do, you, do you keep with tradition? No, some traditions need to be Okay,
0: um, but we're looking at Uh, why was Remembrance Day formed? And it, it was due to a war that happened 100 years ago. Yes. And when that war ended, the whole point of Remembrance Day was that we never allow it to happen again. And we mark the day on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. We would mark that day with a ceremony to cause people to pause look back remember the losses and never allow it to happen again now the way it's been done has been sh- uh, shrouded with religion it's been it's been ceremonialized with religion to change that might take away from the actual event if it's done wrong, it's, it's a very touchy yeah, it needs, subject. It, it right?
2: needs to be done right, but I think I still think we can actually honor our soldiers and honor their sacrifice yeah. without yes. the I
0: I do agree Christian with
4: you. you
1: on, on, on a happy note, I have a really wonderful story. If I can jump in here for Absolutely. a second, um, so for Remembrance Day, um, uh, and I were at a convention, and it was. Um, tons of nerds In this massive okay, room Okay and
2: you've just been muted <laughs> hey,
1: no No sorry It's
2: a Nerd wonderful story, No no you would be muted too Sorry no no just kidding How <laughs>
1: could you It but was beautiful It was There was hundreds And hundreds of people Like milling around This massive room Making tons of noise And talking And buying things And then the, the A man came over The loudspeaker Explaining that We were going to have The two minutes of silence mm-hmm. And for two minutes
0: You could hear a pin drop
1: It was just silence Wow yeah it was total respect it was amazing to experience i'm like thank you people <laughs> you
2: no know, whenever they have those minutes of silence there's usually like 10 seconds of silence and then you hear a baby crying it's always, it's always been my yeah. there's a baby crying somewhere <laughs> but you know arena poor kid
0: in a way i guess that's kind of a nice thing the fact that you hear that baby crying
2: yeah i guess yeah okay all right my dear nancy you haven't been here in a couple of weeks. What oh, do you got for us today?
4: Uh, well, I got a quack watch. I'm, I'm back. You're back. <laughs> I'm, I'm back, fully functional, <laughs> uh, which it may be a good or a bad thing, depending on how you look at we'll it. We'll be
2: the judge of that.
4: Here we go. This is a going to do. We're going to do a quack watch. It's kind of a fun, not funny, but it's quack kind watch. of a, a little off center <laughs> quack watch in a, in a way. And I think it's really interesting. This may go a little longer than than usual, but um, bear with me. I think I think you'll get a lot of uh, really Good information out of it. What we're going to cover today is the multi-million-dollar fake degree industry. If are any of you aware of Trump how University. Big- this 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 is this is really really something. Um, the problem fake degrees themselves is nothing new, but the internet has made it a lot easier to obtain bogus qualification. So a board member of the U.S. based Council for Higher Education Accreditation told CNN that he estimates that more than a hundred thousand fake degrees are sold each year in the U.S. alone, and of those, about one third are postgraduate degrees and that a bogus degree will typically cost about a thousand dollars. So this is this is really wild because it takes in Every profession, the legal, the medical, the business, the uh, engineering, you have really no idea who's building that, sometimes who may be building that bridge or taking charge in the emergency room of somebody that you love. Either it's somebody that has been accredited or it's somebody that has fooled everyone enough to be able to command that that particular job, so it's really it, it, it's really a, a growing problem. So there's two facets to this. The institutions that sell fake qualifications are known either as diploma mills or degree mills. The diploma mills issue fraudulent diplomas supposedly granted by real universities, while degree mills pose as real universities. So people can get a diploma from perhaps a regular a regular school of some kind um, that is, is it, it, that exists as, as a brick and mortar, but the degree mills who pose as universities are pretty much online and don't have any uh, any any staff or any any brick and mortar that you that you can turn to. So setting up a degree mill is a matter of creating a website that looks like it belongs to a genuine university, and the website includes a way for customers to pay for their qualifications online and a place for prospective employers to contact to verify the degree is genuine. So you got that? You can buy the degree, but then they also set up a fraudulent site so when the employers go to check, they have a substantial accreditation available so that the (laughs) employer is fooled into thinking it's real this is this is why this is getting to be as good well as as prevalent as it is because people can slip under under the radar when human resources and employers aren't diligent in, in checking them out so some degree mills Award degrees on the basis of the buyer's supposed life experience, while others require a small amount of coursework. That's a degree mill. A degree mill requires about a week's worth of coursework to earn a master's degree. Oh my God! Are you kidding? A week's work. Yeah, but but what they're saying is you're you're actually doing some work to get it. So oh, it, yeah. it sort of a justifies of things in the <laughs> in the buyer's mind. Oh yeah, I put you know I, it, it just wasn't given to me. I Wrote that paper on.
2: Where know, has this been all my life? I could have. Yeah, so
4: have I know. I know. It's 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 really something. So the token the, that token coursework is for the customers' benefit. <clears throat> it's to convince themselves that they really have earned. For a week earning a master's degree, how you could convince yourself—I don't know—but some people can convince themselves of, of anything. Um, but most people, uh, you know, might be duped into believing they're uh, obtaining the legitimate qualification. But everybody, you know, buying it from a degree mills absolutely knows that they're that they're getting a fake. So the fake degree that takes about a week is uh, a way of improving job prospects, um, and they're usually bought for economic advantage for people who are seeking promotion or seeking to get jobs where the employer wants them to have a degree. Um, A U.S. degree mill that sells fake Ph.D.s to real medical doctors for $10,000 $10,000, a a doctor who's already a doctor is looking for additional accreditation that he can put on his wall. Okay, that's scary. And an additional board certification in some cases. It wow. cost them ten thousand bucks.
0: That that would be the end of a doctor's career if you it, ever got it, caught oh, doing it is, that, though. It
4: absolutely. It absolutely. He'd be
0: done is. with the professional yeah. associations. Yeah,
4: and to think of a of a doctor, you know, thinking that they can get away with this, and some of them do, but when when the hammer comes down on them it, it really Ooh.
3: does.
4: So one of these degree mills called the St. Regis was estimated to have made 7 million dollars oh, from selling yeah, fake qualifications to more than 9600 customers in 131 countries. That's according to Wired magazine. So That's we're not scary. talking about, you know, mom and pop spending, you know, 10 bucks to get the minister's degree that says, yeah, now you can perform fake weddings. Mm-hmm. This is this is big time business and people who are buying into it are spending, you know, a thousand and and more to get it. So it's it's getting to be a big big business. Uh, a lot of countries have government run websites where you can easily check if a university is officially accredited, but because Diploma mills offer fake degrees from real universities. It's essential that employers also check with someone at the university that that degree was actually mm-hmm. issued.
0: Well, I your could, degree your degree is going to have a number on it. Uh, Right, issued by the university, it's going to have a registration number, but and it's can, very easy to check the registration number at the university against the name of the person it's issued. If they,
4: if they check that that far, but some of these degrees are so impressive looking that um, they they slip under, and and somebody says, "Oh, well, this person was referred by a friend. This person was fer- referred by another hospital," so oh, they wow. don't go to the to the bother. But if you check the university. It's not so much the registration number. If the registration number looks real, what the employer has to do is to f- find out from Yale the coursework and the Ph.D. Um, uh, um, dissertation or right. the master's degree thesis. And if those can't be produced, then, then they're, they're fake. Yeah, this, this person is not real. Yeah, yeah you, you, sometimes you they have to go that, that far. So... It, it can not be, and, and, and because some of these fake degrees are foreign, um, they can be hard to verify. But there have been professors at real universities in West Africa selling degrees on the side. So oh, the, wow. <laughs> so some of the legitimate U.S. universities are unwittingly partnering with the degree mills that operate abroad. So it's a very sophisticated problem, and it's going to continue to be a concern as international education becomes significant so this year cbc which is uh, for you in the u.s canadian broadcasting company we have an investigative journalism um a program called marketplace and in canada and i'm, I'm going to bring good. this up because this is this is pretty well um the same thing that's going on the in the u.s but it just happens to be canadian numbers the um Investigation um, from Marketplace when they obtained business records of one of the biggest players of the online fake um, companies called AXACT, A-X-A-C-T. We'll get to that in a minute. They found that there are more than 800 Canadians that could have purchased a fake degree from this one site. This isn't wow. all, this is from this one site, so Marketplace decided to um, pretend to be a buyer, and they set off for a fake degree, and they specifically asked for a fake degree from one university, um, a master's and then a PhD from another, and in talking with them online, they actually got Um, this is for biblical counseling. They actually, (laughs) this is really funny, in in getting the degrees and in talking to the people who were from Alameda University, this fake university, they actually bargained from $3,200 U.S. to $2,500 because they were asking for a combined degree. So they got their degree. They got everything. It cost them about, you know, all in all 2500 bucks, and they had something that was worthy of being hung up. Hung up on the wall. So, um, with the help of f- some former employees, court documents, and piecing together other digital clues, Marketplace was also a- able to identify more than a hundred fake online schools and accreditation bodies connected to this this ACTS act.
2: So that's amazing. If you provide your own paper and your own font, can you still negotiate the price lower? No, yeah, like, no, like
4: that's is,
0: this that's is absolutely scary. So here I am. It, here I am slogging it through an online exactly. course. It's going to cost me about $10,000 by the time I'm done. Yeah. Well, it's not going to cost me. It's going to cost my company. Yeah. Uh, and they've got me slogging through this online course to get a certificate. Yep. This yeah. This is just a certificate, yeah. right? And I'm looking at taking 20 courses. Yeah, don't two be to such two a two sucker, three, Two to three credits a course. Uh, to get 45 credits to achieve the certificate in occupational health and safety. And these guys are getting PhDs for 2500 bucks. I mean, i mean, like, what, what am I doing? You're a sucker. I mean, you know, you're a
4: sucker, you, dude. I mean, when you, when you think about it, Scott, you could have had a cheap degree and one hell of a vacation with all the money. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. You know, I but, mean, it's just, you know, why go through all the work when you could have had... You know, I'm looking 12 weeks per course of trying to
0: work full-time, do the course. I could have had a PhD with a one week, yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> okay. come on, and twenty five hundred bucks.
4: Right? Who cares if you know what you're doing? it's that degree on the wall—that was that's important. It so this X Ax Act, A X A C T. This is a Pakistani software company that runs numerous websites selling fake degrees. And as of 2015, they were being investigated by uh, Pakistan's Federal Investigation Agency, and they're being investigated by everybody. And there have been charges laid, and they have had, you know, some – they they, they have had some – um, uh, convictions along the way, but what they did, which was especially egregious, was they set up all of their universities that were fake, and then they set up fake accreditation sites so that if anybody wanted to know if these schools were accredited and looked online, there they were. That's pretty I mean, this sophisticated. Was so so sophisticated it's almost unbelievable and you can go to their site and um look up the, the network of, of websites, the New York Times identified more than 370 websites associated with Access' alleged fake diploma operations, including 145 sites for fictitious universities, 41 for high schools, 18 for fake accreditation boards, and 121 degree portals. And I'm holding in front of me, and we can see here, but uh, if you look online, the amount of, uh, of universities that they've made up, you know, where people can can have degrees from, because it depends on the kind of degree that you want. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you, you've got to get a degree in engineering, you have to get a degree in psychology, um, and, and so forth and so on. It's just, it, it's just amazing. And so far, they, they haven't really slowed down. Um, the, the I, I think I need
0: an engineering degree.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. There there's personal stories like um uh, I, I uh Toronto lawyer hired a guy who had one of these degrees who only lasted a month because he was in there to swindle uh, clients and ask them to um, just give them cash up front. And after a month, they, they found him out. But it cost this lawyer $100,000 wow. to, to uh, recover.
2: Well, from, not just that, uh, well, professional lost, yeah, his professional
0: well. reputation, wow. went through yeah. the ringer. Wow. Wringer.
4: So that's one part of it. The other part of it that I found really fascinating is that if you are looking for a fake university online, you can find websites that rate the fake universities, so that you could go to them and, and rank them. Yeah, this one ranks number one, two, or three, but avoid this one because <laughs> you'll be wasting your money. This, this like, one's under right? investigation. the best fake university yeah. ever? Yeah. so We,
2: we had cost, the best fake party. Cost me a lot of money.
4: <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's really, it's a lot of fun to just go to Google, my my friend, and Wikipedia, my other friend. But go to, go to Google and put in fake degrees or fake diplomas or whatever and see what comes up. It's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, this one, is buy a degree from an accredited college with transcripts, and then Ooh. it ranks which ones you should spend your $1,500 on and, and which ones you can't. So, um then they would survey they'd say yes we've ranked these um, on, a, on a, you know from surveys from people who have actually but people actually say yeah I was happy with this one no I wasn't happy with this and they review them this The is question
1: what, is did they give their names? <laughs> Be like, did the people that were like, oh, I liked, I went to this university and I liked my degree. Did like, did they give their name?
4: I was very I, satisfied with my degree. Give, I would imagine they give their initials. Like, I'd be
1: like, yeah. um, we're just gonna pass this along <laughs> to like your
4: employer. <laughs> I, I know, but this is so. So, I mean the whole thing is just mind-boggling but the uh, this was so much fun I got to the end of what of my research or at least I thought I was at the end of my research and in Wikipedia, at the, at the bottom where they list all of the sources and they list different places mm-hmm. where you can also go to other websites to get information. And there's always little links down at the bottom where you can continue. So I'm looking at my fake diploma things and seeing, oh, maybe there's another relevant link, you know, where I can substantiate a lot more of this. And here's this link and my jaw drops and I nearly fell out of my chair because the little link says, list of animals with fraudulent diplomas
1: this is the best oh. i oh. Come on. it's it's so, so funny t-
4: so i'm so brave funny. i'm adventurous you know i'm i'm at home what can happen i click on the you know what what could blow up so i click on the link and there is a list of animals with fraudulent diplomas that include non-human animals who have been submitted as applicants to submit to suspected diploma On occasion, they've actually been admitted and granted a degree as reported to reliable sources, because animals are often used as a device to demonstrate the low standards of the awarding Mm -hmm. institutions. So some of them, one of the the famous cats that got a degree (laughs) is Colby Nolan. Uh, Colby is a house cat who was awarded an MBA in 2004 (laughs) by Trinity Southern University, a Dallas-based diploma mill there is no such school as uh, sparking up a lawsuit by the Pennsylvania Attorney General's office. Uh, Colby lives with a deputy attorney general <laughs> Yeah, and he got an, a bachelor's degree in business administration for two ninety nine, which was a bargain. Um, and on the cat's <laughs> application, the agents claimed that the cat had previously taken courses at a community college, worked at a fast food restaurant, babysat, and maintained a, a newspaper room. Oh my god. <laughs> That's, and, and That's like The kitty cat Said he had a GPA of 3.5, which I think is, is really great. Um, Please then, tell me
2: you have acoustic kitty in there too somewhere. <laughs>
4: <Yeah. laughs> then um, the other the other cats: George, Henrietta, Kitty O'Malley, Oliver Greenlaw, Oreo Collins, and Zoe de Katz, which was Descats. German for Zoe the cat. <laughs> all, all got wonderful degrees, and in Henrietta's case, uh, his owner built gold. Uh, Ben Goldacre felt particularly honored because dear sweet Henrietta had died a year before she got her degrees. Oh my so that, gosh, that was that was really something. Then there were dogs.
0: That, that would actually be something neat to hang on the wall, though, if you're a pet owner. Like this is the cats. The cats' uh, education it's more educated yeah. than I. Cats got better education than I have. A
4: Lulu, Molly, Pete, Sassafras, Herbert. Which I I like Sassafras. Awesome. What a good and, name. Boy. Wally also uh, all received wonderful degrees uh for different it, it just depends Stork on Spark 101. But, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: So, <laughs> they should have like so, they should have like a get together where all these animals just get together and hang out.
2: Class of 2010. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tina, I think Honey Lemon needs a degree.
4: Yeah. It's my bird. Yeah. So I don't oh, know whether right people on. are smarter than dogs or cats, but it just that shows paying for. you can be equal in terms of the degree you put on the wall. She should get a
1: hairdressing degree.
0: Oh, my So dog. guys, guys <laughs> should we take one of our pets and actually apply for a degree and get the degree so we can...
4: No, we beginning. can add it
0: to our to our web page. We can actually show the yeah. picture of the pet and the degree it has.
4: You want to spend fifteen hundred bucks? No, go to. No, no I don't. Okay. not Okay, unless we can get a bunch Patreon more people. Patreon goal. Buy the bird a degree. Isn't that you may know someone Start who a has go a Fundy fake page. degree? Well, I, chances are you may know someone. You know, oh, like, probably,
2: you totally probably s- people at you work. You totally see that happening, right? Somebody, uh, you know getting a fake degree like that but going to a third world country where they put themselves in a position of yeah, power totally. and respect uh, you totally see that happening very quickly and oh you know, they, the, the strange
4: according to the articles that i read there are people in government who have been found out oh, so, yeah. but there are people it, there's no profession that you know is it's immune. yeah because <laughs> people are people and fraudulent people are you know, want to get want to get something, you know, to get the additional paycheck without doing the additional work, mm-hmm. and so there you are. Wow, yeah, isn't wow. that fun?
2: That 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 is an incredible, incredible story. That was a good one. That's scary. All right. Well, let's move on to our nice little segment we always love, called another brilliant moment, brought to you by religion. Now, uh, Anderson police in Nevada say 53-year-old Wendell Melton shot and killed his son, Giovanni, in the morning of uh, the 2nd of November. Why? Take a guess.
1: He thought he was gay.
2: That's right. Oh, come on. Sonia Jones is Giovanni's foster mom, and she said that Wendell always had a thing against his son's sexuality. She told 3 News he hated the fact that his son was gay. I'm sure that inside his mind, he would rather have a dead son than a gay son.
1: That's so disgusting.
2: It is. Uh apparently Jones claimed that Wendell previously caught Giovanni with his boyfriend and then pulled a gun on him. And she said Giovanni was abused physically and mentally and spiritually for many, many years.
1: And how how old was his son when he murdered him?
2: Uh he was a teenager, I think he was sixteen. Oh man. Yeah, so it's
1: That's so so
2: sad. It is, it is. Yeah,
4: is that classified as an honor killing?
2: No, uh, no, he hasn't. Actually, what uh, they say right now is uh, well known he's facing charges of open murder, child abuse, and prohibited person possessing a firearm. So he wasn't even supposed to have a gun. So. Oh well. Another one. And another story. Ladies, did you know that you have no rights to your physical body?
1: I did what? know that apparently. That's yes, right.
2: In Arkansas, I, I Arkansas again, Mega <laughs> megachurch pastor claims a woman has no right over her own body because. It all belongs to God.
3: Yep. So does that mean if we punch him in the face, we could say Jesus made us do do it?
2: Maybe. I I think (laughs) that's a uh, hypothesis test.
0: Wouldn't that be the same thing for men?
3: It should
2: be if we're being
0: honestly... um, Men aren't owned by God.
2: Apparently not. (laughs) It's just women. You wild
4: beasts.
0: Where are they getting this from? Like, I... Oh, the logic behind you know, this is think, totally it's thinking,
4: ludicrous. It's thinking like that that keep women from reporting abuse because it, it's used against them. You have no right to complain mm-hmm. because yeah. it's not your body, and and God says yeah. that man is head of the household, and therefore, well, and, and therefore, and therefore.
1: and there's a lot of women who don't even realize like what's happening to them is abuse because they're like oh well this person is like higher than me in the like status so obviously they can't do wrong or if it's in a marriage it's like oh the husband can do whatever they want i have no choice
4: yeah, that's why, you know, people like Roy Moore say, well, why didn't these why didn't these women come forward after 40 years? That's part yeah. of the reason why.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. So he told his congregation, he says, uh, we have bought into the idea that, uh, what I want to call this morning, theological dualism. This is the idea that you can separate what goes on in your body and what goes on in your soul and spirit. Our soul and spirit are uniquely linked to our body. They cannot be separated. The idea that you hear about the abortion debate that it, that's a woman's right to choose and she has a right over her own body, no, that's not true. Your body's a temple to the Holy Spirit. And that's what means... Uh, and that means that your arms and your legs and your head and your eyes, they, it all belongs to God. In short, he argues that the Bible does not support the belief that women have a right to control their own bodies.
4: He
1: must go. be fun to hang out with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Only you if promise. you're a man.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Only if you're a man. Oh, okay. And another little short story. Uh, did you guys hear about these two male lions Photographed while seemingly yes. having yes. sex? Oh hold on a sec, I gotta I got I got to, I gotta got switch the music for this is just too good. <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> good choice, Kevin. Good choice.
2: Apparently <laughs> we're a local quote unquote moral leader and censor blames the same sex behavior on gays who visit the area. Oh my gosh. So, quote, the these... lions saw them and were like, oh, I want to do that too. That's right. <laughs> quote, these animals need counseling <laughs> because probably they have been influenced by gays who have gone to the national park and behaved badly. Ezekiel oh, Matua. Oh, oh. I think I would pay to see somebody
4: try and
3: counsel a lion.
4: Can, I, can you get a fake degree in lion counseling? Probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could put that one up. There's... Up, up pay the 1500 like gay lion one.
2: counselor I love
4: that <laughs>
0: homosexual lion counseling
4: I yeah. uh, quote that, that and the steak will get you <laughs> get you pretty far
2: quote I don't know they must have copied from somewhere or it is demonic Mutua added because these animals do not watch movies not even the lion king <laughs> So the pictures are the work of UK wildlife photographer Paul Goldstein who stabbed the frisky felines in the Maasai Mara Game Reserve. Uh, one beast laid down and the, uh, was mounted by the other. Uh, some research needs to be done, Mutoa told Nairobi News. Uh, also, I wish... I, I wish I can get the bio to confirm these two lions are actually male because it's not normal.
3: Because it's not apparent that they're both males.
2: <laughs> <Apparently>, <laughs> the picture is quite clear, actually. <laughs> these animals eat cows because probably they've been influenced by gays who have been gone in national Park and made it badly, he said, you know. Uh, <laughs>
3: so. Wow. so if he didn't like it, why did he stay there long enough to watch and picture it?
2: No, no, he, he okay, didn't take so the picture. If, it was if, a photographer from the UK that took the picture. two
0: lions get it on, Who cares? <laughs>
3: Like, it's not, not the first time, it won't be the last time,
0: and it will No, won't be the only and, and I'm, I'm, I've seen males, male dogs go after each other. I mean, big deal.
2: So, regardless, he called the beast behavior bizarre, and he plans to seclude the lions. <laughs> I mean, where on earth have you ever heard something like this happening? The demonic spirits inflicting the humans seem to have not caught up with the animals. Wow! Says so, this is why I will, I say, isolate the crazy gay animals, study the behaviors because it's not normal. Uh,
0: I know this, these these two are bound to become the ghost in the what is it? The go- ghost the, in the uh, darkness. The ghost in the darkness. See, two male lions. <laughs> there it is man they're gonna
2: be man killers that's a reference (laughs) thank you so much for that guys (laughs) all right so let's go on a commercial and when we come back we'll be with andrew torres and we'll be talking about the johnson amendment so stay with us
5: we're woo free since 2013 you can find us on itunes stitcher or spreaker under brainstorm or check out our website brainstormblog.net i can't promise you'll always agree with us but i can promise you'll have fun listening to us hi i'm
2: the supreme Reverend dr randy tyson from the legion of reason diversion Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe
5: to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion
2: of Reason Facebook page.
5: Nine million children die every year before they reach the age of five. Any God who would allow children by the millions... To suffer and die in this way either can do nothing to help them or doesn't care to he is therefore either impotent or evil but this to me is the the true horror of religion it allows perfectly decent and sane people to believe by the billions what only lunatics could believe on their own okay if you wake up tomorrow morning thinking that saying a few Latin words over your pancakes is going to turn them into the body of Elvis Presley, you have lost your mind. But if you think more or less the same thing about a cracker and the body of Jesus, you're just a Catholic.
2: All right, so our next guest is Lawyer. Andrew Torres of the Opening Argument Podcast and also the Bravest Man in the World because I know for a fact that he keeps Eli Bosnick at bay <laughs> Andrew thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley
5: oh, Kevin everyone thanks, thanks a lot for having me on the show this is uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>
2: We're looking forward to it as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so your, your psychology bill for having to take care of Eli Bosnick how how much does that rack into right now? I mean, this is why you're a lawyer, right? You got to make the big bucks just for that, right? No. Yep. I I
5: would I would get into it, but I, I'm sorry that that's that's protected by attorney. And right? so we I we also don't
1: have enough time. I cannot
5: uh, regale you with Eli Bosnick stories, but, uh, but I can confirm the existence of some of those stories. <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
2: Uh, Andrew, you you obviously uh, making uh, some uh, great headways down in the states. You might not be as well known north of the forty nine parallel. Would you be so kind to give us a brief introduction, about yourself and your and your show?
5: Sure. Uh, well, I am. Uh, I'm a I'm a practicing U.S. lawyer. I've I've got my own firm, uh, and uh, for a little over a year, going up on a year and a half now. Uh, I am uh, have been the co host of the Opening Arguments podcast and are. Uh, Goal with that is to take issues that are in the news, stories that are being covered that have a legal component, uh, and try and explain them uh, and kind of figure out what what the news media gets wrong, which is just about everything. Um, So uh, that's – that's, that's my primary uh, podcasting life is, uh, is through opening arguments.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Today we're going to be talking about the <coughs> Johnson Amendment uh, up here in the, in the Great White North. We look upon that with <laughs> kind of concern, uh, but for those, uh, those of our listeners that are not exactly sure what it is and some of our American listeners that might not know, can you give us a, a brief course as to what the Johnson Amendment is?
5: Sure, um, and and this is, I mean, this is a really good illustration of kind of, of what we do on the show, um, it, the the Johnson Amendment and the concern about what uh, President Trump has has done and is threatening to do uh, is something that I think um, people both simultaneously are, are overly worried about uh, and are not concerned enough about. <laughs> so, kind of in in, in classic uh, lawyer fashion, I mean, let me let me. Go through both of those. So uh, what is the Johnson Amendment? It is uh, a section of the U.S. Code. Uh, it is 26 U.S.C. 501 C3. And, and uh, you, you may have heard reference to 501 C3 <coughs> exempt organizations. It's a it's a codicil that was added in uh, in the 1950s uh, that, ba- that basically says if you are an organization that is exempt from paying taxes under 501c3 of, of, of title 26 of the U.S. Code, then you are also prohibited from, and, and here's the exact language. I apologize for the legalese, but, you know, it's our tax code. Uh <laughs> All Section 501c3 organizations are absolutely prohibited from directly or indirectly participating in or intervening in any political campaign on behalf of or in opposition to any candidate for elective public office. Contributions to political campaign funds or public statements of position, verbal or written, made on behalf of the organization in favor of or in opposition to any candidate for public office clearly violate the prohibition against political campaign activity. Violating this prohibition may result in denial or revocation of tax-exempt status and the Imposition of certain excise taxes, um, so so that's the Johnson Amendment, um, and and what um, th- most people sort of get the idea that it's a it's it's a it's a quid pro quo, right? You if you're an organization that's exempt from paying taxes, you shouldn't be out there trying to influence uh, policy, mm-hmm. uh, but but uh, but that that's really kind of an oversimplification, right? Because there are lots of Uh, tax-exempt organizations that fall under other sections of the IRS code uh, that get to intervene on and in behalf of any political campaign as much as they want. Um, So, for example, uh, the very next section down, 26 UOC uh, 501C4, uh, covers organizations that engage in political lobbying. But the, the key difference between a C3 and a C4 is that when you as an individual make a donation, uh, as a U.S. citizen, make a donation to a 501c3 organization, not only is it tax exempt for the organization, the organization doesn't have to pay taxes on it as income, but you get to deduct it from your taxes. Uh, and if it's a church, you get to deduct up to 50% of your taxes. You <laughs> uh, so, uh, And 501c4 organizations don't have that. That preferential double treatment, right? Five hundred one c 4s their income is tax exempt, but your donations to them are not. So it really is it's a, it's a it's a super specialized area uh, where you get twice the benefit.
2: And, and this uh, this amendment essentially is really what keeps the church, or uh, is designed to really keep churches out of um, putting a lot of money into politics, essentially.
5: Yeah, and and it's designed to do that, uh, and and here's the area where you know we have to we have to be honest about the the status of the enforcement of this provision when it comes to churches, uh, which is to say that the uh, treasury official who is in charge of enforcing uh, the specific provision of the Johnson Amendment, uh, that position has been unfilled for the better part of two decades. Uh, I know of no prosecutions under. Uh, 501c3 for uh, for tax evasion uh, for uh, churches that have engaged in lobbying. So in other words, uh, and I and I know you know that we have uh, there's a there's a right wing organization called the Alliance Defending Freedom that for the better part of a decade has uh, organized what they call pulpit freedom Sundays where they encourage. Uh, uh, churches ministers uh, pastors preachers to directly endorse candidates from the pulpit videotape it and mail it to the irs oh, wow. um wow. so you know in an act of of I, I don't know what they're trying to prove other than the law isn't enforced right <laughs> so um so that's bad um but uh but but there's still important reasons to to want to have the johnson amendment on the books uh but but you know you need to you need to know i mean this is an example of sort of clear religious preference in the united states if i have an educational 501c3 organization um so for example uh some of the many you know atheist and humanist chapters uh you know some which i've spoken to consult from some of whom are my clients um if you're an educational institution uh with 501c3 status uh you will be audited if you engage in political lobbying and speech. Uh, you, uh, it is the number one cause of uh, those organizations losing their 501c3 status is direct participation in, 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 on behalf of a political campaign or on behalf of a, po- a political issue. Um, and, you know, that's just a clear double standard, right? If you're, mm-hmm. if you're secular – yep. The law is enforced with respect to you. If you're a church, it isn't.
2: Now, that position that has been vacant for two decades, is this something <laughs> that the president is supposed to appoint this person, uh, a, a person to this position? I mean, have presidents been sleeping at the wheel for two decades now in the States?
5: I, it's been a, a kind of uh, uneasy. I mean, so the answer to the question is yes. Um, and and the reasons, uh, you know, you if you, if you think back uh, to, Previous uh, uh, U.S. presidents, you know, we have had both Republicans and Democrats, mm-hmm. um, but but uh, we don't really have uh, an organized secular party in the United States, right? I mean, it, the, our our right wing Republicans are. Uh, a wholly bought and paid for arm of the Christian right. Uh, but that doesn't mean that their opposition party, that the Democrats, isn't also sort of chasing after uh, religious uh, voters. And so there's been this kind of uneasy standoff where uh, even the last two Democratic presidents, uh, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton, have, haven't been particularly interested in the uh, being perceived as picking a fight with churches. And so, um, you know, it's it, it, it goes from bad to worse, but it, it never really swings back to good if you're a secularist.
2: <laughs> you know, it's just amazing because I, I, I got to make a, a distinction between Canada and the U.S. I mean, the U.S. does have a secular constitution. And yet it operates almost as a theocracy, and when you look at Canada, we actually do have a preamble to God in our constitution, yet Canada is much more secular, to the point that uh, this past week uh, the Governor General came out and basically said we need to focus more towards science and less towards astrology, climate denial, and religion. So it's just absolutely oh, that'd amazing. Be, that'd
5: be nice. Can we, can we swap governments just, just for a couple of years? Well, you
2: do, uh, we've we've been informed by our government that uh, uh, since Trump has been in, in there, we're free to uh, offer asylum to every American that yes. wants to come yes, for the next four years. You just got to <laughs> remember that we have stronger beer and you got to prefer hockey over football for a while.
5: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm, your guns I'm with good you. with the beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the problem is is that I have a really really limited set of skills that uh, I'm not sure how well that would play. Uh, well, you in don't Canada. have to play
1: hockey; you just have to enjoy watching people <laughs> exactly. beat the crap out of each other. <laughs>
5: right. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, I can handle the hockey. Program. I just I just think it would it would probably interfere with my day job to uh, to no longer be based in the states. But, probably um, a little
2: bit. Yeah, you'll have to move your practice <laughs> up here.
5: <laughs> well, well, Canadian laws are Enough fear, enough fear, and it won't it won't bother me anymore. <laughs>
2: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, so, right now, as we speak, and now that you guys are under this current political climate <laughs> with um, an interesting president,
1: Understatement
2: Nancy's <laughs> not here, and thank God she's not here because right now she'd be yelling at the mic, I think. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's the proper response. Yes, yeah, the proper
0: response.
5: I want to endorse Nancy
0: there. <laughs> I just want his hair. Oh, my.
1: Okay, I'm just going to jump in here for a second. Somebody photoshopped. Normal hair on a picture of Trump, and it is so
3: weird. It's the weirdest thing. It does I'm, not look like him. Just like randomly normal hair.
2: I don't think anybody can imagine. So, so now that is is Trump actually moving to completely dismantle the Johnson Amendment? Yeah.
5: So, so here's here's what he's done and and what he's called to do. Okay. And and the important things to remember here are. Uh, Donald Trump's approval rating uh, has been hovering right around 37 38 uh, percent and that is almost entirely due to uh, a 90 plus percent approval rating and in 80 high 80s low 90s approval rating from the uh, evangelical Christian wow. sub sub Percentage of the population, right? That's the only discrete group in this country that approves of Donald Trump, and they approve of him in, uh, you know, those spectacular sort of ways. And so uh, Donald Trump, who uh, again, uh, it. Prior to being elected president, uh, I, I, I don't think I mean, you know, was not a member of any church. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you know, uh, Penn Gillette uh, who was on Donald Trump's TV show, uh, has has basically said on his show that uh, that that he's fairly certain that, that Donald Trump is an atheist. Um, this is not somebody who, who uh, you think of as having any kind of religious uh, character. But. Uh, but because that's his only power base now, uh, he is uh, undertaking uh, every step that that he really can uh, to uh, try and and continue to whip up and, uh, and and encourage that that section of his base. So, what is what has he done specifically with respect to the Johnson Amendment and churches in July? Uh, the uh, president Trump issued an executive order and um, and an executive order is it, it, it's this kind of weird thing um, we have because our country is large uh, and um, because there are uh, because laws can just kind of have the sprawling character to them um, you, you think of Congress as passing a law which is you know what American kids learn in uh, in their civics classes. Um, it, it's true, but there's also this weird dynamic where Congress will, uh, delegate to executive agencies, that is agencies that report to the president, um, to, to, to make regulations for how to interpret laws. Right. And so and 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 what that means is that. So, for example, like uh, Congress can pass something like the Clean Air Act. Well, we know that and and we'll say, you know, look, we want to reduce carcinogens in the air and that sort of thing. Uh, But we know that how that's going to go into practice in, you know, each and every uh, workplace across a really large country. It would not be practical to have Congress have to amend it, you know, sort of every couple of weeks or every couple of months or every couple of years. Uh, as things change, so they'll, so, so Congress will delegate some authority to an executive agency to then promulgate regulations that are consistent with the overall purpose. So the executive agency doesn't get to make the law, but they do get to carry it out and they do get to issue these kinds of regulations. All of that is background. The president sits atop all of these executive agencies, and so he can issue, uh, Basically, what are letters, right? There are executive orders that tell those agencies how they should go about in uh, uh, applying their particular rules that enforce that aspect of the law. Um, does that does that make sense? I feel mm-hmm. like there's there's a lot of like.
2: So you know the laws. words he he can say. That makes sense. Yeah, so you know in other words he can actually say this is the law, but I order you to ignore it.
5: Or or this is how it should be interpreted. Oh, ahead, right. Oh, that's yeah. exactly right. And, and 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 the important thing is that uh, executive uh, – th- 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 there, there are two things about executive orders. Number one, they're confined in scope to the authority delegated to the executive agency by Congress, right? You can't go beyond – because Congress still makes the laws. So you can't go beyond the original grant of authority in the first place. And number two – uh, because they are uh, guidance issued by the president, then you don't have to go through Congress to change them, right? So one of the one of the things that uh, Barack Obama did in 2008 was immediately, upon assuming office, undo a whole bunch of uh, George W. Bush executive orders. And one of the things that uh, Donald Trump has done since taking office is undo a whole bunch of Barack Obama executive orders. And, you know, it, with... Uh, assuming that that everything goes According to plan in a couple of years, we, we will kick Donald Trump out of office and the next president will undo all of Donald Trump's executive orders. Um, I love but, your uh, optimism. You are
2: an optimist. Was, I'm sorry. I love your optimism. Well,
5: you know, it, it's, you, you, you have to have a little bit of, of optimism or else you'll just, uh, you know, wallow in this pit yeah. of despair, which, you know, we do twice a week on the show. So. <laughs> I'm trying to bring the cheeriness here. Um, so, so that's what Trump so, – so that's the first thing that Trump has done is he's issued an executive order uh, directing the Treasury Department, which is an executive agency, so reports to the president, uh, not to enforce uh, the – provisions of the Johnson Amendment that I I just read. to you. In fact, um, that executive order says the secretary of the Treasury shall ensure to the extent permitted by law that the Department of the Treasury, that is the agency that that sits over the IRS, which collects taxes, does not take any adverse action against any individual house of worship or other religious organization on the basis that such individual organization speaks or has spoken about moral or political issues from a religious perspective. And then this is the kind of the key part to why I gave you all that background, Mm -hmm where speech of similar character has consistent with law not ordinarily been treated as participation or intervention in a political campaign on behalf of or in opposition to a candidate for public office by the Department of the Treasury. So parsing through that kind of legalese, what they've done is taken taken advantage of the fact that the Johnson Amendment wasn't being enforced to now codify that as, as a guidance to say, oh, well, if it hasn't been enforced in the past you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years. Now you are prohibited from oh. enforcing it because Yo, it hasn't wow. been considered that way. Wow. Whoa! Um, so, Dang. So that's the that's the little game get th- that they're playing. Um, where I'm really concerned about this is um, less so. W- well, I'm, I'm concerned about it from for in in a, in a couple of ways. Um, first is there are. Uh, legislative efforts to repeal the Johnson Amendment underway Um, and and consistent with the distinction that I just made, that would be a really, really bad thing because the next president can, you know, can come in and undo this executive order and put some teeth back into the Johnson Amendment. it's that's an uphill battle, Mm -hmm. uh, but that's one we can fight. Um, Once the provision is removed from the tax code, uh, then that would require a tremendous amount of of secular political capital that uh, you know I I just don't see happening and once it's out of the tax code it's going to be gone in my view for for generations if not if not permanently uh so uh, so I'm keeping my eye on on that uh, and there have been bills already introduced uh and you know so far they haven't gone anywhere but uh, but, but but we'll see yeah um, and, and the second thing that's really really troublesome is uh, I, i've I've mentioned that churches have gotten a free pass from the Johnson Amendment, uh, and that's true. Uh, but but the one area where the Johnson amendment has has been enforced uh, that is of uh, of value to to us as secularists is when it comes to parachurch organizations, mm-hmm. um that is organizations that are affiliated with churches, but they're not. You know, they're not a house of worship. There's not a cross on top of their building. Um, and, and this is this is an increasingly active part of the foot soldiers of the Christian right are these uh, political lobbying arms uh, that are registered as 501c4 groups. So, uh, you know, what you'll see, and, and I should, and to be fair, um, there are, these groups exist across the political spectrum. Right. So you you will have, uh, for example, uh, Planned Parenthood is a 501C3 tax exempt organization that provides women's health services uh, in the United States. They also have a lobbying arm uh, that uh, that that fights for reproductive rights and freedoms. That's a 501C4 group. and It's called Planned Parenthood Action. And so when I donate money to Planned Parenthood, I get that 501c3 double bonus, right? I get to deduct it from my taxes and Planned Parenthood is tax exempt. If I want to donate to their lobbying arm to Planned Parenthood Action, I donate to the 501c4, I don't get to deduct that from my taxes. Oh, okay. and, 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 and that's where these uh, explicitly uh, political religious lobbying organizations uh, are, uh, they're occupying that space uh, and and I'm concerned about tearing down that wall, and that and that those parachurch organizations that are currently 501c4s moving to reclassify as 501c3s and yeah. continuing their lobbying efforts. That would be uh, that would represent a radical shift in power. It would mean exclusively for right wing political causes, you would be able to deduct that. Uh, money donated to those organizations from your taxes uh, with no, you know, countervailing uh, 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 equivalency on the left. Mm -hmm. And and that, you know, it would essentially mean that U.S. tax dollars are being spent to subsidize right-wing political causes. And I I, I can't imagine. Every church
2: will become a super PAC, essentially. I'm sorry? Every church will become a super PAC, essentially.
5: Yeah, well, and 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 it would it would it would obliterate that line, right? Where, as you point out, uh, I haven't talked about this yet, but but churches get preferential treatment for being uh, uh, they they're they're, they're uh, presumptively treated as five hundred one c threes, right? So if if, uh, if I have an atheist or, or secular humanist group, uh, I have to apply to get them 501c3 status. It's a lengthy application. Uh, they've, you know, it, it is heavily scrutinized. There's all sorts of modern, if you're a church, it's kind of rubber stamped. So, yeah, that's exactly right. You would have churches being a gateway to this massive political funneling into, into political campaigns. Uh, and that's pretty scary.
2: Hey, Andrew, you sure you don't want to, to come up to Canada? I mean, right now we have the city of Montreal that's actually starting to tax the churches. You sure you don't want to come up here? I mean, it <laughs> seems way more inviting of a country for atheists. <laughs> Either that or
5: we have to form um, our own church. I, I actually took a trip to uh, to Montreal and, and Quebec City uh, earlier this year. My my son is um, just – he's he just turned 15 and he's fascinated with – uh French. He's been studying it for a couple of years. And so uh we couldn't we couldn't afford to go to Paris, but but I was like, well we can go. We'll head on up to uh, the next yeah. best to Montreal <laughs> and you can uh you know interact with uh with native French speakers. No, they were not City's thrilled with his accent. So Yeah uh, City is where he <laughs> wants
2: to be for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just just the history and everything is just fantastic. Oh if I was there I'd it take him great. on a tour. That's 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 where <laughs> I'm from originally so. <laughs> oh yeah.
5: Just beautiful. I mean I it was uh uh, boy, Like we had a fantastic time. We ate at this like fabulous restaurant that is, you know, like all restaurants talk about like local cuisine. And what they did was it, it was it they they would only use uh, ingredients that were within a hundred miles or so of where the oh, restaurant yes. was. But basically, like on the St. Lawrence Seaway and and so and so 100%. you know that meant no citrus, right? Because you know because lemons don't grow up there. It was it was. Uh, really really cool what what they did it was just an unbelievable experience
2: yeah it's actually that's, that's actually a part of a challenge that started here in in British Columbia it's kind of spread all mm-hmm. over the country and it's a bit of a trend you know some people are liking this you know the 100 mile diet they they call it
5: oh, i always had i i hadn't i hadn't known we don't we we have uh in the US we you know we have a uh, a focus in restaurants on you know quote local uh, uh, ingredients but it's it's really kind of lax and how you know, I couldn't imagine one I mean there there are no I live in Maryland and there are no citrus trees in Maryland either, but, but yeah. none of our uh, <laughs> none of our local restaurants would, would dream of operating without, you know, lemon, lime, orange, that sort of
2: thing. So. <laughs> That's true. This is
5: super cool. I uh, <laughs> anyway, so yes, I think what I'm saying is I'm going to take you up on your invitation.
2: Oh, Yay! absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> come, come by, whatever you want. Now, let, let's talk a bit about your podcast, opening arguments. Okay. So, so what was the genesis of that? I mean, that's it's, it's a brilliant idea, by the way. I must admit, you know, oh. a legal point of view, it's one of those things that people don't think about, right? There's plenty of loud mouth like me talking about stuff, but. <laughs> Well, have they, they
1: have one of those, too. His name's Thomas. <laughs> well, yeah, but, oh, <laughs> wait,
2: no, wait, wait, wait. i
5: gotta, I got to jump in and defend my
2: co-host on It's Tom, okay. Because, I, uh, don't mock Thomas. I, He's got I'm no feet. I'm a fan
1: feet. of both of you. I'm actually a Patreon of Thomas and Don't you. mock
2: Thomas. He's got no feet. Okay.
1: I know. He can't mock
2: not He can't mock <laughs> can't, can't, he can't <laughs> me. It's well, um,
5: inside joke for those who no, so understand <laughs> that. So, well, that is that is actually the, the the genesis for the show. I was a guest on uh, on Thomas's uh, The the previous iteration of Serious Inquiries Only, which was called Atheistically Speaking. And I had... um uh, I had sent him an email because he had a typically because I was just a, I was literally just a fan of his show and um and he, he'd he had a guest on and it was like this great hour long discussion and in the last like 10 minutes you know the guest who wasn't a lawyer was like pontificating about some legal thing and and it, and it just kind of like went off the rails and so I, I emailed Thomas and I'm like hey I, I love the show but I love this episode but you know this part about the law kind of made me cringe and instead of um telling me to go to hell which is what any sensible podcaster should have done <laughs> Uh, he he was like, oh, no, really? Thanks. Thanks for pointing out where I got the law wrong. And then and then like two weeks later uh, was when uh, uh, Antonin Scalia died. And so uh, he emailed me and said, hey, would you like to come on the show and, uh, you know, talk dirt about Antonin Scalia? And I said, boy, would I? And, uh, uh, that's that was kind of where where the whole idea got started. And um, and I, I mean, I really I just have to say, like. Uh, I, I wasn't kidding when I say I, I think Thomas makes the show like in, in addition to the fact that he's uh, he's a fantastic interviewer. I mean, he's 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 the best interviewer. I've done a lot is. of of interviews, and and he's the best interviewer I know. Um, and, and, and president company accepted, of course. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, thank you, thank
2: uh, you. I'll send uh, his uh, check but, right away.
0: But, but, whoa, whoa, but that's bribery. You can't do that, right? You have to send a maple syrup and and, and Crown Royal. <laughs> uh,
5: but having but having that non lawyer perspective on the show, like really. Uh, I, I think makes it work right because mm-hmm. he he knows when to stop and say Andrew. No one knows what the hell standing <laughs> is. You gotta stop. And you gotta. You can't. You know. Stop. <laughs> and, and, Speak uh, English. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we started uh, kind of wanting to do. Uh, a lot of the like long form journalism of, you know, what is, you know, what is the real history behind the Second Amendment in the United States? That's the you know, well-regulated militia being necessary mm-hmm. to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed that, uh, you know, is, wow. and, uh, all of those kinds of foundational issues. Um uh, we were a little bit derailed by the by the Trump presidency, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> um, it, 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 this is not a normal occurrence to have, you know, at eleven o'clock at night, courts issuing injunctions blocking executive <laughs> orders from from going into effect. It, it, it's that's not the way this country is supposed mm-hmm. to work. And so, you know, regardless of whether you like it or you don't, and our you know, and our politics are pretty clear. And uh, you know, we Yodel Mountain no is pretty fun. That. Go trying ahead,
1: trying to trying to climb up climb up Yodel Mountain is pretty fun.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I I thought that's I have to say uh, if if I'm going to pat myself on the back of, <laughs> about anything the uh, on the spot analogy of of what it was going to take to impeach Donald Trump to the old Prices Right game uh, <laughs> that I I think uh, obviously uh, I I don't uh, I'm, I'm an atheist and uh, I'm, I have. Uh, my, my organs will be donated to science and my body is uh, set to be donated to the university down the street. Uh, but if I were to have a tombstone, I think <laughs> Yodel Mountain would be the, uh, the, <laughs> the top. Make it oh, work a tombstone.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. So uh, one uh, like, last question about your show there, Opening Arguments, which uh, I'm a fan, I listen to and I recommend everybody do, follow that podcast, it's absolutely worth it, even if you don't. Live in the in the US, it's still good knowledge. Um, what do you guys plan to? Uh, was that the purpose of the show? Just simply be more informative for the general population?
5: Yeah, I, it 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 really is. And so I, I, A, I, I really I appreciate the uh, the endorsement. We try um, we have we have a surprisingly larger number of international listeners than than I thought. And um, and what I try and do is talk about some general legal concepts, even where you know I get bogged down in the details of 26 usc 501c i can't help it like uh you, you you know you can't take that level of law geekery out of me um but but you know we we live in this age in which uh you know the the all aspects of media are really under assault from uh from every direction and and it is so I look at, you know, the, the New York Times, for example, is a, is a terrific newspaper. Uh, it's, you know, the, perhaps the best newspaper we have in this country. Almost everything they report about the law is wrong in often in really critical ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. as reporters aren't lawyers, right? And so, like, they're, they're doing their best. Uh, but but there was really this, this kind of gap out there. And, um, you know, it, 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 one of the things that, that we try and do... Uh, obviously, you know, we, we call out Trump, but we, we try and call out, uh, the, you know, quote, fake news on, on the left as well. And so, you know, I got. Uh, I mean, you, you you may recall that that uh, sort of right the day before it was it was in the end of November It was the day before the American holiday of Thanksgiving, uh, and I I had my arm deep inside a turkey, uh, and <laughs> and all of a sudden my my phone was buzzing in my pocket nonstop. <laughs> Uh, and I had to, I had to go inside and you know scrub. Have you've ever had your arm inside a turkey, right? like, that's not a, that's not a one wipe on a napkin like this, that you this, this is. You've got to scrub down to get the grease <laughs> off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and and what had happened was I I had gotten 500 messages uh, in the span <gasps> wow. of five minutes oh because. My gosh. Uh, because Jill Stein had announced that she was filing recounts that were going to overturn the results of the election. Oh my gosh! Um, and a, a, as you probably know, from you know fast History. forwarding to now, where <laughs> where that didn't happen, um, that was abject nonsense. It was completely ridiculous in every possible way. And we, I went, I got, I called Tom. I'm like, okay, we got to do an immediate, an emergency record <laughs> and and get this out there because give um, the people their lots facts. Of <laughs> Yeah, well, well, good, well-meaning people on the left. Jill Stein, as I, as I point this out, Jill Stein, in the two years in which she ran for the presidency, and by the way, she was a fringe uh, uh, Green Party candidate. Yes. She finished in fourth place uh, in in our our two way election. Um, and uh, as she ran for president for two years and raised three point five million dollars, um, her recount ran for two weeks as a fundraiser and she raised $7 million. Oh my gosh. Um, And lots of good people were sending somebody who I am not afraid to say Uh, on my show, by the way, this is solely the opinion of of me and not Left at the Valley, Uh, but is a con con artist, is is a scam artist. She is a crook, in my view. Really? Uh, And she deceptively told people that she was raising money for recounts when uh, when you went to her website. The disclaimer said basically uh, that they would promise to maybe use the money to possibly file for (laughs) one recount if nobody was hurt in the process. And if not, then it would go towards the Green Party's historic efforts at election <laughs> reform, oh, uh, which, wow. by the way, are directed at increasing ballot access to third party candidates have nothing to do with recounts of the presidential election, anything like that. It is, uh, it, 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 you know, if you if you if it if not uh, uh, prosecutable as criminal behavior, it is certainly scummy behavior of the highest order. And uh, and, you know, even though, right, like lots of like, I have friends who are Jill Stein supporters, right? Like I'm I'm much closer on the left to somebody like a Jill Stein than I am to, you know, Donald Trump. Uh, but uh, but but people needed to know that that they were throwing money mm-hmm. uh, at, a, at a con artist uh, out of that emotional reaction of, oh, gosh, I, D- Donald Trump. There's can't some chance. I will do anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I got kicked off of a lawyers on the left group. I was added for an hour because uh, I I went. I was on Facebook. It had like twenty or thirty thousand members, and uh, and I had posted uh, an article that said, "Hey, look, you may be seeing these recounts. It's a scam." There's no way they have standing because uh, in order to to, to file, particularly in Wisconsin, uh, the, the, the law required that the candidate be aggrieved, right? Which is to say have an injury that the courts could recompense. Um, and Jill Stein didn't even claim to have an injury in <laughs> Wisconsin, right? She was at 1% beforehand. She was going to be a 1% afterwards. There was no, right. It was, it, it was just plainly obvious yeah. that she wasn't going to be able to get any recounts and without getting the recount in Wisconsin, you couldn't overturn the election. And so all this was, was pointless. And that's basically what I said. Oh. Uh, and, and then, uh, lawyers contacted me and said, I've, I've been trying to share this in this Facebook group called lawyers on the left and, uh, and, you know, nobody believes me, so I want you to come on and, and share it. Uh, and I did, and I got on, and I shared, and I just posted the law and said, look, we're all lawyers here. You know what standing is. She doesn't have it. Why would anybody send her money? And the uh, one of the admins of the group uh, uh, posted a reply that said, well, you know, judges can be unpredictable, and I oh, just on. view this like playing the lottery. Oh. Wow. And uh oh, wow. and I and, and what got me kicked was I wrote back and I said, ah, that's the difference. see I wouldn't advise you to play the lottery either <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> there we go Baby. Maybe that was a bit harsh But you know it was, uh, what, can, what can you say when a lawyer says I I know that there's no basis For this but I'm going to throw money at it Anyway you know what Grab I could an, do Is get on the show and, and try and Shout it from the rooftop so <laughs> Grab a napkin uh, homie so you've just been
2: served <laughs> Wow Andrew thank you So much for coming on the show and explaining all this To us but uh, the mic is all yours my friend Be shameless go ahead and plug yourself Say it all. Oh, oh we can they find you and all that. We're going to listen to you. Uh,
5: well, uh, I, I just want to say th- thanks again for having me. I, I really appreciate it. this. is This has been a lot of fun. It's our
3: pleasure.
5: Uh, no. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, so the show is Opening Arguments. You can Google it. Uh, we're we're that number one it for opening arguments because the way U.S. law works in your opening statements, you're not allowed to make an argument. So we deliberately pick this name so that uh, would get confused, right? Well and uh, it's openargs.com, o-p-e-n-a-r-g-s.com, and that's how you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else too. Uh, it's um, if if you like this kind of bit then you probably would like the show.
1: (laughs) Definitely.
2: (laughs) Perfect. Andrew, before I let you go, i got to have you say, Hi, I'm Andrew Torres of Opening Argument, and I took a left at the Valley.
5: All right. Hi, I'm Andrew Torres of Opening Argument's podcast, and I took a left at the Valley.
2: And that was Andrew Torres. What a lawyer, this guy. What a lawyer, huh? (laughs) He just goes and goes on, and I'm glad... I kind of wish we had our lawyer friend here just so they could just banter back and (laughs) forth, these two. Oh,
1: that would... I I think they would leave us in the dust. Yeah. They would be like, wait, what? Are you... What? (laughs) It's a very scary thought, though,
2: that the U.S. (laughs) is exactly where they are. You know, I've been saying this for a couple years now. They're like one or two steps away from becoming a theocracy. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They totally are. Well,
0: the scary part is they've got so many smart people, so many great minds in the U.S., so many great idealists there who are just beautiful people and it's the idiots who keep her eyes power
2: i know i know yeah. you know uh, but
4: thank goodness for the aclu and and lawyers like tories i mean that 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 really gives you hope that they'll be able to they're the defense yeah uh, yeah against just dissolving into into uh, autocracy
2: here's a little intellectual exercise you guys remember uh several months ago um the uh, president of France, Emmanuel Macron, I believe, yep. uh, made a, an appeal to intellectuals to come to France.
4: I did hear about that. Yeah, he yeah, made it, was it, on it him. Climate, it was for
2: the climate change. After the climate change, after Trump decided not. Uh, can you imagine if there was some kind of movement. brain exodus from the U.S. That to Europe, that would be Europe.
1: terrifying. I, would, can, really, would this, would I can see with the states really doing very
0: well. I, not just on climate change. I can see a brain exodus from the U.S. just on people who disagree with the way the country is going, saying, "You know what? My brain could be better used mm-hmm. elsewhere."
1: Though I, I think a lot of people realize that they okay they are like the stopgap, like they can be the change.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, that's so good. Yeah. You're hopeful.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're especially, especially such a, with such a
0: young naive especially
1: mind. with the how the political system in the states, people are actually realizing that as an individual they do have an impact and that there are there are issues with politics right now in how it's just even set up in like voting and with the gerrymandering and they're realizing okay, we have to change this. We can't wait for the next generation. It's going to shit now. We have to fix it now.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Always Is that, been, or we are going to end up with that theocracy. Exactly, exactly. Mm.
2: All right. <laughs> time for my rant.
1: Woohoo! Fight, fight, fight! Heaven,
2: heaven. So, November 11th just happened. I hope you took time to thank a soldier. I wish we lived in a world without would make their job obsolete, but being that our society is in its infancy and most of us still believe in a divine magic man takes sides in a dispute, it seems the soldier and the sacrifice he or she makes is still necessary. November 11th is one of those sacred cows for Canadians. We like to show gratitude to our fallen soldiers and thank them knowing that their sacrifice allows us to move on. Allows me to say these words. And although I like to participate in the ceremony honoring them, I find myself having a harder time to do it. What really disturbed me the most is the blatant Christian overtones in the ceremony. Now I know that many soldiers were Christian, but as I look upon the stage, the soldiers on that stage, some Caucasians, some Black, some Indians, some Asians, this Christian appeal to their carpenter God leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Doesn't this fly straight into the face of our multicultural values as Canadians? Now I know I'm not supposed to rock the boat, with the sacred cow, but isn't it time that the ceremony of November 11th reflect the secular multicultural nature of Canada? Are we not ignoring the non-Christian soldiers when we invoke the Christian God? Was his or her sacrifice any less significant? It's hard to maintain a sense of harmony amongst Canadians when we insist upon thanking a God over another. In that sense, religion does what it's always done best, it divides us. Whether it's a politician pulling up a nativity scene or a Christmas for Christmas, or a priest giving out a prayer. November eleventh, we're sending a message, uh, sending a loud message to those Canadians who don't believe in a Jewish carpeted God. you don't matter. I think it's high time to drop religious messages in public ceremonies. Either include them all or drop them all. It's all—it's all about being fair to all Canadians, not just Christians. It's the Canadian way. It's the reason these soldiers sacrifice for. Well said. All right, and that takes us to the end of our show good show guys as usual
1: it was fun
0: it was all fun
2: (laughs) it's always fun
1: Uh, we didn't talk about anything depressing at all
2: do we ever never never thank you so much for joining us on the show today guys you can follow us on uh LeftandValley.com. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> you follow us <laughs> on Facebook, on Twitter at LATV Podcast. You can send us an email at LeftandValley at outlook.com Coming up, where's my calendar? Next week we're talking to Luke uh, He'll We talk about uh, Christianity inserting itself in the school, especially in Alberta and BC. And after that, we have Nate Phelps, yes. the oh, son wow. of Fred Phelps, wow. coming oh my to talk to us about his story. So that'll be a cool and course for the summer don't forget we also have our christmas special to be like our halloween special we're talking about christmas and of course we'll have the top
4: 10 of the year (laughs) excellent wow i can't believe we're we're there i mean wasn't it just july wasn't it just i went it it was a lovely day in july (laughs) you know yesterday and i woke up the last time i looked it was march it is
1: too hot
2: (laughs) Uh, thank you so much guys Until next time
1: Read Harry Potter
2: <laughs> Harry Potter I'm an
3: atheist I'm atheist I'm It amazes me How perfectly intelligent people Can reach the conclusion
0: That all non-believers are evil What a fucked up statement Do you realize
3: what you're saying But according to your book this is how your God made me, skeptical of anything that contradicts history, denies evolution, hates science, promotes mystery. I'd rather see the truth than to bask in my own ignorance, rather be alone than surrounded by damn idiots. As long as there's a price in my body, you can bet your last dollar I'll be working hard fighting this problem. Religion is a disease, it comes from culture, only true a Say that Horus isn't real, but Jesus is, or Zeus, Thor, Mithra. fish Vishnu, no, you don't believe in them. I think the reason is apparent, you do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents. Aye. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith, and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist, 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 atheist. Aye. Now let me take a second. don't mean it sounds so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful
5: The thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God, they
3: get away scot free And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them While they plan to molest them, we're teaching them to respect them Respect them Fuck that. The system is down, working backwards. And the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack on the parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec. Don't mean it sounds so hateful, but I swear to God, one intended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be A non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed